I don't have an aux cable in my van. I have a six disc changer. Okay. So I got, wow. you know, it's fully loaded. <laughs> and um, I found this record by Andy Mino and Words Played. It's called Magic and Bird. And so those are the names of like two basketball Automatically, I would not be players. allowed to listen to that because it has the words magic in it. What? That's a guy's name. It's literally- doesn't matter. Name. It's from the devil. You are kidding me. Anyway, so um, the reason I own the CD is because I was walking past FYE in the mall and I saw there was a 75% clearance bin of CDs like right in the door and obviously I had to walk over and then I found that disc in there and I was like, no. So obviously I bought it. Wow. <laughs> I, I had a good haul that day. Actually, I got a bunch of, I got a bunch of records for 75% off. By record, I mean CDs yeah. that I could spin in my six disc changer. Yep. So I've been listening to my that car, a lot and I have those songs stuck in my, I got a song stuck in my head. My car doesn't have a CD player anymore or didn't, wasn't made with you one. You mean your car, right? <laughs> it's not that it doesn't work anymore. It's that it literally didn't come with it. It didn't come with one. You probably got Bluetooth in there. I do. I wish. I wish my 06 Honda Odyssey is not quite up to snuff on that. Although, I mean, it's an 06, like, yeah. come on, dude, that what was on the line. It feels like somebody could have splurged for for the aux cable on that one. All right. Whatever. No big deal. So, that's my news for the day. <laughs> hey, you're drinking house coffee. Unfiltered conversations brewed at the intersection of real estate life and coffee shop service. We're Maggie and Rich, local business owners and friends sharing stories and welcoming you to pull up a chair with us. The door's always open. Let us pour you a cup. How's it going? Oh, it's going good. Welcome to episode 13. 13? Wow. Yeah. yeah 13's lost, a lucky number for I some been people. Counting. True. Yeah, I mean, I don't mind it. I don't really buy into that kind of thing. So take it or leave it. Yep. I think when, when Friday is the 13th, that's especially cool with me. Same. <laughs> I'm not superstitious no. at all. TJ apparently so, is. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Um, yeah, tell us. We've been investing in these like old old GE appliance, like little clock radios or yeah. whatever, as long as they're kind of working. We've been stocking storied with them. Um, and he had found some cool things. And then he found himself like a cassette player. Uh, I think it had a radio on it. I haven't fully looked at it. I think it's a clock radio, but it also has a cassette player that you can record on, et cetera, et cetera. But he's, he texted me, he's like, do you believe in ghosts? And I was like, not particularly, you know, not like the traditional sense. And then he was like, he's like, okay, well, ever since I brought that G, ever since I brought that radio that I bought into my house, pictures have been falling off the walls. <laughs> I was like, um, okay, you can bring it to story. <laughs> he doesn't want it anymore. Yeah. I don't think anything has fallen off the walls there since oh, that's good. he came in, but he, yeah, he didn't like the. That's funny. You know, like the vibes. No, don't blame them. <laughs> Neither did the ghosts, apparently. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you saw the you saw what I was doing with the with the radios. Yeah, man, nice job. Thank That's you. So cool. I'm actually very proud. Yeah, you I, should be. I brought so I was I spent I spent all last Wednesday, um, figuring out how to. Sorry for the banter, people, but this, I'm excited about this. We're one. recording, right? We sure are. <laughs> this time. We are. Yes. 
Um, so yeah, last week I had this idea because here's the thing. Okay, so I've been collecting like these old GE clock radios, and they all most of them work. Um, I already I had one, and then like I got oh I found I found this '80s boombox in my aunt's house when we moved in. And it had an actual line in, like I could plug, I think we've talked about this, but I could mm-hmm. plug an iPhone into it. Well, I could plug anything with a, with an aux, mm-hmm. you know, auxiliary output into the stereo. And so it would play just like it was playing through speakers, but it had like sick, it sounded like it was, you know, it had great boombox sound from that era. And so I was playing that for the longest time. And then I started to amass more just cool GE like, clock radios and the thing that I think I love about them I've been like why am I so fascinated every one of them is different for no reason like this one's got a a, a, a knob on the back that adjusts the brightness of the clock face <laughs> which is digital or another one um, well and we got the phone yep. we got an actual old phone with a cord Yeah, and it's a clock that's radio that's the coolest one <laughs> The coolest. We actually hooked that up as the phone had storied and it's behind the bar. So now if the phone rings, we're actually picking up an old GE yep. phone with that's a landline. <laughs> Send me a picture of it oh or next time I'm gosh, there and I'll take so a picture. Sick. We have to post it on our Instagram for people to see because so was, it's so cool. I will, I will, I will. We got to get a real actually. We got to get a whole video. Yes. Day. And I was thinking to myself, I'll like, call the store and you can answer it. Yeah. <laughs> so all of these radios are just like sitting around the shop now. Some are like from the 80s style, some are, you know, a little bit. A little bit later, earlier, maybe I'm not even sure. I'm not even sure when they're all from. Each one is different. It's got its own little feature, and I, I love it. But they work. The radio works. So I was like, man, they're all just sitting here. I wish I could play. This. I wish I could get them to play. I didn't want to play the radio because right. that's boring. You know yeah. what I mean? But we have our chill hop vibe, and so I was like, I wish I could get these radios all playing like like the same stuff. And then I got thinking to myself, how can I create a tiny little radio station? <laughs> and um, I recalled this little device, and I don't know if I talked to you about it. I mean, you saw what I was mm-hmm. doing, but um, in, when I was in high school, okay? So we're talking like 10 years ago plus. I mean, I, I'm like 14 years out of high school at this point, I think. Rip. Um, I found... My friend had this thing where you could plug it into your like car lighter, you know, the cigarette lighter um, outlet deal. You could plug uh, this device into there, and it it has a radio frequency, and you can tune it to. You pick the radio frequency, and then it was. I think he's like literally had an iPod dock, like an old iPod that would plug in the bottom. Yeah, <laughs> not the lightning cable, and it would plug into this dock, and you could play your music like an iPod music to your car's stereo through the radio. Yep. Did my you ever bro- have my, one of these? No, my brother these? did in his car. So my friend had that. So I was thinking to myself, I wonder if there's anything like that that I could get for the shop because I didn't want the one that you had to plug into the car, but I wanted the same capability. So we literally went to like two or three stores. I was Googling it and trying to find out like there's got to be like a little bit of a high powered one. Well, there wasn't much out there. Really, they still do make these car ones with the plug in. And I was like, I could find those, but that wasn't what I wanted because I would have had to like make a weird way around about to do it. But then we found this one device that they sold at Target, which is the exact same thing, except it's battery powered. So for two AAA batteries, it will do the same thing. And it broadcasts like 10 feet. So it connects all your radios. So... All of the radios at Storied are now tuned to 88.5 or whatever <laughs> station it is. And they're all playing Chill Hop 
from your vintage yes. iPhone 6. Oh, my, including, my old yeah, iPhone. Yeah, so I just plugged yes. that because it's got the cable. So I plugged that right into the phone. Oh, my gosh. And it sits in the middle of the shop and it broadcasts beautifully to all of the stereos I've the shop. been seeing on your in- storied Instagram, like people are into it. I saw, yeah, 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 yeah. I saw a couple of reposts. Like people I are wonder, taking pictures of the radio or taking, like that's, people are into it, Rich. That's really cool. Oh, that so was, that's all you. That was so the you know we were shopping for it all day, and then the next day I went in and uh, and I went to like hook it up because I had to go over to my other job after that, and so I just dropped by to plug that in and see if it would work, and then I hooked it up, and it was we were all TJ was there, Abby was there, we were all really stoked, and I was like, this is what I do here now. I just I just curate the vibes. I'm just the vibe curator. Yes. <laughs> that's all I do at Storied anymore, uh, and I'm actually okay with that. Yeah. So well, that's the vibes are good there. So thank you. Yeah. I've been curating them. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So well, I hope you have haven't been working too hard. No, 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 no. I wouldn't want to like, get burnt out doing anything I like know. that. You know. In fact, that's what keeps it. That's what keeps it interesting for me. Mm-hmm. Um, adding the second job though. Would we'll you see. say you are operating at eighty five percent? I mean, I try to. I try to get a little bit more like. 90, out of myself, but I don't like to ask for a hundred percent. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't want to raise the bar too high. Yeah. Do you, does that mean you only have a four day work week? I wish. No, but you know what? Let's talk about that. Okay. <laughs> wow. Good setup. I tried. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, all right. All right. All right. So last week we talked about burnout. Yeah. And if you were with us, well, we talked about it. Yeah. Burnout and is real. We processed was, it a little bit because yes. it's kind of like some real time stuff. Yeah. It was coming out of a a burnout last week. It was like post burnout. And like we talked about how like we, I didn't really realize I was in it or maybe you were in a burnout and didn't realize you were in it. And anyways, it was, it was a really good discussion and it was pretty honest yeah, just like we always are, but it was, it was good stuff. You know, you got to be honest sometimes. And um, I thought that. And I, did we hint at it last? Did we hint at it at the end? Did we say like next time we can talk about this? Don't remember. I think we did. Okay, no, no big deal. Doesn't matter. So um, I've been in this consulting, like cohort group coaching kind of thing for the for my business. And since when? Um, well, technically it started in June, but I've been doing it since I signed up in May. Okay. And so I've had access to the materials since May. So working ahead a little bit, um, cause there's these 12 modules, like 12 courses that you can go through. And the 12th of them is, um, around this concept that we're going to talk about today. And so I wanted to chat about it together because, it's something that's kind of like feels like an impossible ask of a lot of folks. You've expressed to me that you didn't think it would be something you could do in your business or your industry. I am nef- definitely not anywhere near here, and I don't know what it would take for me to get there. But um, that last session is called the four day work week. And wait, okay, am I getting this right? 25, sorry, 25 hour work week. 25 hour work week. 25 hour work week and four week vacation. 
So that's the concept behind this last module. And so Michael, who's the instructor, which shout out to Threadbare Coffee Consulting. Um, he's been doing this a long time, but I think he's like really, I don't know what it is, the, the whole consulting thing that he's got going on right now. It seems a little newer, like as a business, but he's obviously been at it for a while and worked with some high profile people. He only works 25 hours a week. Yeah. I mean, I don't know, actually it's worth asking. Um, I think, I think probably. I mean, if he is working more than 25 hours a week, then how could you, how could anyone take it seriously and actually do it if he's not doing it? Yeah. Well, so he would have to be doing it, right? He must have to be doing it. His schedule, it would actually be interesting to hear from him because his, so as a, someone in the course, right, I get to um, use his little calendar thing online, booking tool to book a 30-minute call. Um, so he also does like travel to, he does site visits and works with people one-on-one. Now, obviously that's probably like a little bit of more like of an outlier or anomaly situation where it's like, yeah, on average I try to work. 25 hours a week or, or whatever. And the 25 hours a week. So that breaks down to like five hours a day, five days a week. So that's kind of where that concept comes from. And then the four week vacation, he sets that up as like, I mean, he sets it up one as like a good goal for you as a business owner or, or whatever. But, but he also puts it forth as like a metric. So he's saying, if you can walk away from your business um, not to give away all your content, Mike, by the way, but um, maybe just as a, like a promo. <laughs> yeah. People are going to hear this and be like, I want a four-week vacation. Let me sign up for Mike's coaching. This podcast is not sponsored by <laughs> Threadbare Coffee Consulting, but it could be, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> um, he talks about how if you, when you can take a four-hour, I'm sorry, four-hour, when you can take a four-week vacation or even a one-week vacation, when you can actually walk away from your business and it's not going to fall apart, then you are a business owner. That's what he says. Okay, I'm going to give you a caveat at the end of this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So he, he, he said this in, in this last one. He says, if you can walk away from your business for a week, two, three, four weeks, and it's going to hold together and still rock out. You're a business owner. If you can't, then you aren't a business owner as much as you are simply self-employed. That would be me. So according to his. Now here's the caveat. This might not quite apply the same across all industries, right? He deals with coffee shops, cafe owners, Coffee roasters. So he's largely very specifically dealing with people like me and how someone like you in a totally different industry with totally different needs, how you would do that probably will have some different practicalities to it than how someone like me. So is he saying that coffee shops should only be open 25 hours a week? No. He's saying that you as the owner manager, owner operator, or if your coffee company is big enough, you don't even need to be the manager or the operator. You can simply be an owner founder. If your coffee shop is big enough, 
his whole thing is set up to where if, if you're if if there's enough revenue, if you've built this thing to have such an infrastructure that you don't need to run the day-to-day operations, and that's the whole key. This is why it's module 12 and not module one or two or three, right? It's because you have to work up to and work through the process. And also there's no substitute for time. You have to go through the things and build the business so that there's an infrastructure that has someone else or some sub, some combination of of someone else who isn't you and a set of systems and those things work together to where you aren't responsible for the day-to-day. And so you as the owner are freed up to do the things that really only you can do, owner stuff. Um, and that's the kind of stuff where if you are a focused type worker doing some deep work and building a system for yourself to work at the same time, then you might only need to work five to six hours a day, five days a week. Because your business runs itself. You maybe give input as needed, but like for the most part, someone else is responsible for the day-to-day, aka a manager, aka a, a group of manager, assistant manager, shift lead down to the baristas, right? So there's this whole infrastructure to where you as the owner kind of at the top of this this chain of accountability that you're not required to be in the mix. I'm picturing myself as a real estate agent, how I could be, how I could make that work. And right now, just off the top of my head, the only way I could, I, th- I feel like I could make a 25 hour work week work is if I like worked every couple hours, like an hour in the morning, then took a break. And then yeah. an hour in the middle of the day, and then took a break. Then an hour in the late afternoon, took a break. And then showed a couple houses for two hours straight. Right. That, like, I could literally never work. A like, whole, like, a block of time straight. Blo- yeah. Because I need to be available during business hours for professionals like inspectors and attorneys and the banks, because I work with banks. And that doesn't even count as like my travel time because sometimes yeah. I'm in my car for 35 to 45 minutes just to get to a destination. Like, does that count as working? For me, it does because it's mileage on my car. Mm-hmm. It's time I'm on the phone with people. That would be very challenging for me. Yeah, well, uh, so, I, so yeah, I mean... You personally, it's almost like, all right, so here's the questions that I'd want to be asking you because I don't know enough about brokerages and real estate industry, right? Like what's the equivalent of like the coffee shop model in your industry? Like is there a place... What, How you mean, like does hiring a brokerage function? Yeah, like, do you, is there a, is there a place in realty for you to become like the owner of a firm or a brokerage or something to where now you're the you know you're the owner and then there's people under you? I don't know if there's kickbacks or commissions or how that become, like funnels I could to you. Create, but. I could create a team and become a team leader, but um, and like delegate showings and opening doors for inspections and things like that. Okay. Um, Is that the key? Because you just, you just, you just use the D word and that's pretty much, delegate. that's pretty much the, uh, 
the key to the whole thing um, is delegation. That was module 11. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I suppose I could do that, but then... Then I'm asking somebody else to work more than 25 hours a week. I think that's the key. <laughs> but that's <laughs> no, kind of like... No, actually it's not. It's not actually the do, key. That feels kind of hypocritical. It's okay. like you can't work 25 hours, but you're asking other people to work more than 25 hours you a week. See, if you have a team though, I think this is the whole key, right? Like this is So this is why me, this is why I worked for five years unpaid, yeah. right? It's because I didn't have the the revenue, the resources, the infrastructure to be able to step away from my business. Um, and when I did step away from my business, the delegation was poor, the management was poor because I was the manager, but I was allowing myself time away because I had some staff that I delegated like, oh, you can make drinks and take orders for today, you know, because the, the business was, the volume was low enough or the, the revenue was low right. enough that I knew one or two people could handle it in my absence for a day or hours or whatever. But but that's not the same as building a business that has a um, that generates income, <laughs> has revenue, and then can afford to have staff and managers, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, it, there's something about scale that factors into the equation. But I wonder if that is where the congruency would lie for anyone trying to do it, because at a, at at enough of a scale, this is the question I'm, I guess I'm getting at. It, at enough of a scale would you be in a position where there's enough people in your team or in your firm or I don't know the word to use. Um, team would be a good word. Is there enough people on your team that someone can do a showing, someone can do something so that no one person is working more than full time, more than 40 hours a week? Or, you know, or if you made it real good down to 25, 30 hours, mm -hmm. no one's working more than 30 hours a week because there's enough people because your business has scaled enough to where, that's the, that's the structure. That's how it works. Is that a feasibility? It. I'm trying to like. It probably is a feasibility for me, but like I don't know if that would be feasible for someone who work who like in in my team like for everybody to be 25 hours. I I think in real estate that's unrealistic <clears throat> because of the span of my day. Yeah. Like I'm I work in in business hours like you know your normal 9 to 5 when banks and attorney offices are open but sometimes I don't start showing a house until 5 5:30. Mm -hmm. And if the person likes the house then I have to go home and write up the offer before the deadline is due. Yeah. So like I know, like, I think it's great that a six-hour, five-hour workday, I would love that. But we talked about this in our burnout episode that, like, because of the availability that we have with our phones. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's, I'm sure you could say, yeah, turn off your phone or don't respond to text messages or whatever, but... Any and again, maybe it goes into like a deeper issue of like real estate culture, because Rich, if I don't show a house and write up the offer, there's another hungry agent out there who will. And that's just, I can say, yep, I'm only going to work 25 hours this week and I'm done. 
but I wouldn't be to the level of success that I have if I did that. Yeah, I'm not saying no. <laughs> I'm not saying that you're... I, yeah, I hear you. I hear you. This I is... would, and I'm not saying it's impossible. I would love to work 25 hours a week. Right. Who wouldn't? So I don't, this is why this is such a, fa- I always say this, but like we're getting at why this is fascinating to me. Um, I always say this is, this is why this is fascinating to me. <laughs> so I'm just calling myself out on that. Um, I, because I love exploring the, just the possibilities and the impossibilities of things. And I'm, and I'm starting do. to think about how solutions come about for this, right? And I think the answer would have to be, and, I, and I'm not saying it's possible, but I, I think the answer would have to be something about, it's a, it's a system, right? Like you don't have to take every call past 5 p.m., but you not. can yeah. have a system of priority that tells you, okay, what sort of call is this? You know, Can this wait till tomorrow? Can this... Um, like a sense of urgency. You probably have enough of like experience or could talk through some talk through it with someone to where you can say, okay, I have enough ca- I can make three to five categories that are like urgent urgent levels, you know, priority mm-hmm. levels. And then you can decide sort of how to filter the, the things that do have to happen, quote unquote, outside of your have you office ever, hours. Have you ever heard of a do doing done list? I believe that I have. Is it like that? Or I don't know. More of a I'm, priority I, list. It's 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 more like for you the hierarchy. If I were in your shoes, right, I'd be like, okay, how can I? And I don't even know that I can. Oh my god! I'm gosh. just trying to say. Can you imagine if we like traded shoes for one day and I managed your coffee shop and you <laughs> managed my clients? That would literally you would lose so much business. <laughs> so would you. So would you. No, you would I, lose so much business. I got a lot less to lose on that one. Trust me. Just. That's fun though. That's a fun thought. It's a fun thought. <laughs> you know, it would be more safe though. It'd be if we did it together, but like I was taking the lead. You know what I mean? You were just backing me up. Okay. Yeah. Like, like an experiment. Like, like I, I was managing story and you were like working for me and like you were managing my clients and I was working for you. That, is that what you mean? I think what I mean is like you, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't even know what it'd be you on bar or like, I don't know what the equivalent there is for me at this point. Cause I do so much different stuff and it's not working on bar. Um, and also you have to stage your house. Yeah. So I just mean like, you can almost picture this as like a reality TV show actually, where you're just standing by, you're like, you're like, all right, here's what we're going to do Trading businesses. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Who wants to sign this deal? <laughs> we, you know, you, you, you like stand by and, um, you're like, all right, here's what we're doing today. We're, yeah. we're, um, <laughs> we're staging this living room. So I got a trailer full of stuff and you get to just pick the couch and the, the wall hanging. I'm already sweating thinking about like <laughs> like you trying to stage a house with my stuff. Like, I'm like, oh my God, this isn't going to work. <laughs> it, it could definitely work actually. I think I would, I think I would be on that show. Yeah, so it, mm-hmm. it'd be fun. It'd be, you know, just be like- No, like it'd be so fun. And it's like, you're there to- and the crews, the cameras rolling or whatever, and it's just—it's basically a joke. But yeah, it's like, yeah. you know, you could have real time mm-hmm. in my place. You get a real time customers, and you're like just pretending like you totally know what you're doing. But and I'm maybe next to you pretending like you totally <laughs> know what you're doing. But um, and you're just going on your your intuition slash yep. making making it exaggerated for yeah. the camera. I'd like to see you I negotiate. Don't know, that'd be funny. 
No, you wouldn't. <laughs> I'm just going to give that house away. <laughs> you know what? I don't need a commission, guys. Let's <laughs> save yourselves a buck. <laughs> um, so, uh, look, I don't know. I don't know how you would do it. I don't even know how I would do it. And, you know, Mike was saying at one point in the video, he, he's like, He's like, look, if this sounds hard to you or, or impossible, realize that it took me six years to, uh, to wrap my head around it and like get to, I think, you know, from when he heard about it, I started thinking about it, I started working on it. He talks about how it was like a six year process. Yeah. And he still also acknowledged like the habits that he has. Sometimes he'll catch himself being excited about something and mm -hmm. on the off hours and like, um, he yeah, talked about he, one guy he knows who like gives locks the door, gives the I key to his literally wife. Just gonna, I was literally just going to say that. Yeah. I was literally just going to say that. Maybe you saw that in the video. Yeah. Um, like would, I can't imagine like locking my office door and like giving the key to Brandon and then like a client calling me like, actually, no, we do want to make an offer on the house. <laughs> and then the, like, but the deadline is like in an hour and then, but my office door is locked. That would be my nightmare. That's funny. Well, look, I don't know. It's, it's all about. Sorry, clients. I only can work a 25 hour work week. Yep. 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 So, all right, look, this is my, this isn't for everyone. Okay. This yeah. is, these are just like, um, ball. This is like food for thought. It's food for thought. Yeah. It's like a cool challenge, you know, yeah. to give yourself. Maybe, I don't know. I, like, do you know how many hours a week you work? Oh my gosh. I've been having Abby record her hours at the shop because she basically is the owner mm -hmm. manager at this point. And for the last two weeks, mind you, we're only open five days. It's been a consistent 60 hours a week. Wow. For all that she does. Wow. Not including like getting waters and shopping for, yeah. the, for the shop. Putting the garbage cans to the curb. Yeah. <clears throat> Just on, on bar, in shop, barista wow. hours, open to close. 60 hours that's consistently all, the last two weeks. That's crazy. Yeah. Which, I mean, I totally get because I've- Yeah, you've I, done it. I've done that too. Yeah. <laughs> um, I know I how that works. I wonder how many hours a week I work. I, I, I probably work 60 hours some weeks because I do work. There have been days where I, or weeks where I've worked 14, 21 days in a row without a break. Not eight hours every day, but like- show a house on a Saturday morning. That's a couple hours out of my day. Like I staged a house this, this past weekend because you got to get while the getting's good. Yeah. You have like two jobs too. Like staging is kind of its own yeah, job it right now. So, I mean, you got clients over there. Some yeah. are Actually, buying or selling. I got a cool story. Please. Um, so I'm, I'm staging this house and it's, it's not my listing. The listing is another agent. So I was hired by the agent to stage this house and it was vacant. And long story short, we parked my trailer next to a pod in the driveway. We got the owner's permission to do it. They're, they're out of town. They're gone. They're, they're moving out. They're, they're not moving locally. The pod was going to get picked up and brought to their new house. And, um, the as I was staging yesterday with Joe, the pod pickup guy came, and because my trailer was in the driveway, he couldn't get the truck to maneuver to pick up the pod. 
So here I am like trying to manage, like I'm trying to finish staging this house, yeah. but now it becomes like we have to, and I just can't move my trailer. Brandon moves my trailer. That's what I was going to say. Truck. Your trailer gets dropped off. Yeah. My trailer is basically a pod. Yeah. <laughs> it's like two pods. Just hook this one up first. Yes. But like at least mine's on wheels. Yeah. Like, so like technically could move it, but this pod was just like this massive rectangle stuck to the ground. And um, I had to like, we had, we had to like knock on the neighbor's door and get their permission for the pod truck to drive on the lawn, their front lawn on the other side of the pod to get the pod onto the truck because my trailer was in the driveway. So like, it's, it's like stuff like that, like that just, you know, you don't, that took an hour out of my staging time uh, yeah, yeah, because yeah, yeah. I had to manage and I had to like, I had to watch because I didn't want the pod to get dropped on my trailer or like messed up because that's also a huge part of my livelihood. Yeah. And it was just, it was just like what, another, another like crazy, like, like. <laughs> Could that the, have happened got, at any time? And it just happened to happen while you were there. Just happened to happen while I was there. Nice. Which is lucky because if I wasn't there, then I don't know. My maybe he would have driven driven on the lawn anyway. I don't know. I can't say what could or couldn't have happened, but yeah. Um, but the cool part of the story is after um, the pod was on the truck and he like pulled it out into the road. The guy, you know, I'm just there like in shorts and a t-shirt because I'm moving furniture. Like nobody really knows who I am, but my brand, my trailer's branded with my logo and and everything. And uh, all, I love the pod. Yeah, no, right. Not the, pod, the podcast. The podcast. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not the pod. Um, he's like, um, I don't know what he assumed. He maybe he assumed that I was an employee of this staging company. But he was like, oh, do you work for this company or are you the owner? And I was like, I'm the owner. <laughs> and he's like, oh, this is your company? I'm like, yeah, this is my company and this is my trailer. So don't mess it up. <laughs> but it was just a cool moment where like, I don't know, I don't think he expect, I don't know. It was just cool where I was like, yeah. yes, I am the owner. Yes, this is my business. And this is, this is what I do. And there's been so much of my life where I was working for somebody else's business. And it was a really, really cool moment where I could be like, yes, I'm the owner of this business. This is my business. This is my trailer. <laughs> How can I help you? You're all, do you have any staging needs? <laughs> <laughs> do you have any staging needs? And then, I, then he was like, what do you do? And then I, I had to explain... I'm like, I'm staging. He's like, what is staging? I'm like, well, staging is when you put furniture into an empty home and you make it look beautiful so that buyers can visualize themselves or what it would look like if they lived there. He's like, oh. <laughs> and then drove away with the it pot. It makes so more sense. <laughs> See ya. See ya. <laughs> wow, yeah. that's a great, you should... Um you could isolate that audio. And what is staging? Staging is yeah, <laughs> just, yeah. Just define that like perfectly. Mm -hmm. Well, that's that's a 
That's an affirming experience. It was very affirming. I'm happy you had that. Thanks. Just another day in the life. Yep. Another day at the office, as they say. Yeah. Um, well, all right, let's see here. Let me just go over these notes real quick. Is that all we have to say about the 25-hour 25 25 work week? Well, I mean, what? I'm not sure what we've even said. We're talking about this as a concept. Would you be able to do We're it? We're talking about how hard it is. <laughs> um, and, and I'm not saying like storied is only open 25 hours, but like, do you think that, or do you think someone like Abby could do it? Abby, you just said works 60 hours. Right. Yeah. So what would it take? So here, okay. And this, this is why this is such a hard thing to, to get to. I think for a lot of small businesses, because small, when you talk about small business, you're not talking about big income, right? And you're talking, you're talking about, um, maybe you're talking about small profits. If any, you're talking mostly like no profits. Like I'm going to work for three years and take no pay, et cetera. So well, you just talked about a couple of weeks ago, how you just got your, paid yourself for the first time. A hundred dollars, a hundred dollars, $20 a year. Yeah, exactly. In case our, our listeners missed that episode. Yeah. Just a throwback real quick. Yeah. But that's not even out of, that's, that did happen. That's true. But that's not indicative of the kind of infrastructure required for a business to support the kind of um, structure that we're talking about, which facilitates a 25 hour work week for mm-hmm. an owner. Okay. Right. Could I have said that more convolutedly? Yeah. Um, so, what would it take for Abby to work 25 hours? About f- five times the revenue that we currently do. Gotcha. No, wait. Not more employees? Hold on. Let me whip up something on my calculator. Watch real quick. No, more employees will not solve the problem. More I'm, I'm asking like more employees I'm not will to... make the problem a lot worse. But okay. Okay. Here's another little thing. I'm, I don't want to give away Mike's content all over the place, but when you're doing a business, and I, I don't know how this, this is another interesting concept. Um, we should just have a whole podcast series. This is Mike's stuff. Um, <laughs> Working it through. Uh, actually, he's developing a podcast that I think he's going to put this stuff into. Cool. I'll have to check with him on that. Um, I'll, that. We'll stand by for that. But he talks about how when you are running a cafe like mine, you're doing coffee, you're doing a coffee shop, um, there are target numbers, okay? And so the target numbers are percentages of your revenue. So I'm going to call revenue the operating budget. All right. So think on a, most people think annual basis, but you know, me, I think weekly. So I'm on a, basically I'm on a weekly, uh, revenue kick because that's a fairly consistent number week to week that I can, I can divide it up and figure out, okay, how are we looking in those different categories? So you should have, according to Mike and according to just some logical business practices, right? Labor should be about 30%. Uh, these are these are um, these are the like best case scenario kind of numbers, right? Labor would be about thirty percent. All he calls it all in, which means here's here's what goes into labor. Okay, like like your wage. Okay, so if you're a barista and you make fifteen dollars an hour, let's say, which is a little more than minimum wage in New York State right now. If you make fifteen dollars an hour, I owe you fifteen dollars an hour, but I also have to. I, my business, has to pay taxes to employ you. I also have to pay insurance. 
Uh, okay, we'll call, we won't call insurance. Okay, hold on. We won't call insurance. Actually, I don't know how Mike would file these. I put insurance in the operating expenses category. Okay, there's five. Okay, there's five of them. So there's rent. These are all the different numbers. Rent, operating expenses, which is everything that your business costs, like overhead that isn't rent. Um, there's labor. There is cogs, cost of goods. And then there's profit. Okay, so there's five. Profit first is a is a thing he's he's definitely like advocates for, and profit call it ten percent. Okay, and what we mean by profit, you don't even have to call it profit. Call it savings. Call it rainy day fund. The concept here is that you're gonna take that you're gonna take ten percent of your revenue stream for whatever period of time. Call it a, a week. You're gonna take ten percent of that and f- and put it away, or for a month, ten percent of your revenue for that month goes into the rainy day fund, and that's you need to do that. When we we call it profit because we say it's not what's left after all these other things get paid. We set it aside up front because we're gonna need it. Right. It's not going into the owner's pocket. It's going into the savings account. Yeah. So that when the ice machine breaks, we can repair it. When the espresso machine breaks. We can fix it or replace it, right? So if you are sounds like I should read that book. If you're socking away the profit first, mm-hmm. we'll just bring Becca in, dude. She can just give yeah. us a little uh, TED talk on it. Um, I know she read it. Perfect. Uh, but that's the concept. It's like you have to put some savings first. I think this is a I think it's a personal principle too. Like in good in good personal finance, people are like, look, put a little savings first, and that's basically how it works. Now, eventually, when your business is great, it's in a good spot, then an owner is going to be able to. An owner who doesn't work day to day in the business, that's where their pay is going to come from. They're going to get draws out of that profit account, okay? Because that's there's enough in there to be the rainy day fund and for the owner to get some mm-hmm. like something out of it. But we're talking, we're talking five hundred thousand, a million. We're talking like a lot of you yeah. know revenue per year. So funny when I do <laughs> when I do a like payout for my income, I, I do taxes first. <laughs> like I pull out like 30% yeah, and I put it into a separate tax account because I pay taxes quarterly. Are you, you're talking self-employment? Yeah. Tax? Yeah. yeah. So that's outside of the business. I mean, though, actually maybe the line is a little bit more blurred for you, but like in my business, I have a business bank account. I have an, um, my LLC, my sure. LLC gets the money going through it and the bank account is in, is in its name. And then the money that, so my check to myself, that's a, that's my guaranteed pay. That was written to Rich. That's into my personal account. It came out of the LLC right. as an expense. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, not as profits, not as anything else. It came out as an expense to me. And now I got to be taxed on that on the other side. So the LLC doesn't deal with the taxes for it. Mm-hmm. And I think that would be true for you too. Yeah. Um, sole, sole proprietorship. I don't know. A little less like sure yeah. about that, but because I, I am, I am operating as a self-employed. Y- yeah. 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 So that and really all LLC owners are basically self-employed people, mm-hmm. to my knowledge. So, okay. Where? 
Am I taking us with this? So labor, let's just focus on that because yeah. I, I really actually, I've really loved these target numbers and these whole like categories to think through. Oh, well, you were just making the point you do tax first. And I was saying that, I was going to say that tax doesn't really factor in as one of those things, but if it had to, like you could make it, it's probably an operating expense. I think, I think it would fall in the operating expense bucket because it's not like a sixth percentage necessarily. Yeah. I mean, sales tax, you know, that's just 8% of your gross is, uh, is it, is it, I think so. Yeah, yeah, I think the gross number counts, includes sales tax. I I work a lot more with net numbers than I do gross numbers. Gross means nothing to me. Um, it's, I mean, it's helpful. It's an indicator of something. Gross shows you like people through the door and the dollars yeah. that they're spending, but I'm like, I got to operate this business and that's what is cash in my hand. Uh, cash flow, hence that's why I work with net. But anyway, so when I do my numbers, these these percentages that I'm talking about, I work with the net number. I take that and I say, okay, 10% over here. How can I do that? I do, I do the, so the 30% labor, that's where I was going with this. Um, that's all in, it includes the wage, it includes the taxes, it includes... Um, Every cost associated with that. Now, here's a dude. Some LLC, some LLC people out there are going to be like, "What are you talking about, dude? There's no way." It needs to include, okay, your work as an owner. If you work in the day to day, that's right. We talked about this before. If I am on the shop floor, I need. Okay, if Abby's on the shop floor. And she worked 60 hours. I need to do a quick little 60 times 15 on my calculator watch. And that's that's divided. These <laughs> buttons are so small. 60 times 15, $900, dude. I have to say, did I have to take, um, if she's doing 60 hours and $15 is the going rate, right? Like it would have cost $900 to employ someone in her place. That's the key. So if my business can't pay, because if she has to go, I have to replace her. I can't, it's not, there's no such thing as free labor. If you're, if you're an owner, your business, it's not sustainable. This is a hard lesson for me. Our business is not sustainable. It doesn't work in its current form. If I can't pay Abby $900, um, a week, a week out of that, out of the revenue that comes in. So when you say so, adding more labor is, is not. Do you add more labor? No, that doesn't cut. That doesn't. That adds cost. That was a long answer <laughs> to a very well. There's a lot of question. interesting stuff that goes into why that doesn't work that way. Mm-hmm. Owners aren't free. If you have to replace yourself, sickness, illness, you have to go get another job to sustain anything, right? Like whatever it takes. If you have to replace yourself, you Dang, have to so that pay for yourself. I need to factor in like quote unquote, paying Brandon to drop off my trailer and pick up my trailer you because could argue that, yeah. he does it, like I don't pay him, yeah. but I need to factor that into my cost for staging. I would, yeah, for, yeah, let's take staging separate from real estate, right? Because staging is a little bit more like um, revenue expense, just a little more direct relationship for you, right? Because if you're going to employ anyone, if mm-hmm. someone else is going to do that, I mean, you, and this, here's the fudge factor, right? People can, you, when you're if somebody else was going to do what Brandon did, I would be paying them. You'd want to pay them, I'm sure. 
Now, oh, yeah, here's what I'd I was going to say. Here's the fudge factor, right? Someone might be a friend and they're like, okay, I can do that for you. And maybe you can do that like three or four times before it feels like you're asking a lot, you know? Who knows? No, it is a lot. It's a lot. Ask it Brandon, feels, it's a lot. It feels like a lot to ask your husband, right? It, it so, does. Yeah, so that's the concept is like, if you are if you got people doing services for your Brandon business. Brandon moved my trailer three times. Went to three houses in the last three days. Yeah. Three times. Well, not including my house. Hope you bought my a drink ha- at least. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my house to property number one. He left the trailer in the driveway. Then he went back home. We destaged, me and Joe. He came back. He picked it up from property number one. We drove it to property number two, where I had already pre-gathered all the, the remainder of the furniture. We loaded it into the trailer, closed it up. He drove it to property number three next to the pod. Nice. Left it next to the pod. I staged the house for the last couple of days, and Brandon picked it up this afternoon. Yeah. That's a lot of driving, a lot of Man, time and work. And a lot of time and work. For you to get somebody else to do that for you. Yeah. It would cost, right? Yeah. So that's why I talk about the fudge factor is because with small businesses, we kind of fudge it where it's like, all right, well, I can do this work and not take the paycheck. So I can kind of make it work right now, right? Or like in our, and I've talked about this before, Christine works. I, That's what made us able to do the business. Or if you're doing like a small, like you have a market-based business and you got friends who do the markets for you, you don't really have to pay them or you, or under the table or whatever it is, like, or you give them a little something. Um they're happy enough to do it. It's low key. It's whatever. They'll do it for you. We we did that in the early days. Uh, but the but the concept there is like, what if you had a, a an actual employee doing that? You would have to pay them for it. Could your business sustain that? And so all of these things have actual costs and numbers associated with them. And that's why like a business can look like it works, but really it doesn't. And this was a little bit of the issue with like this other opportunity I've been talking about. I'll talk more about it is the business works in one way. But when I was looking at doing it the way I would have needed to do it, it didn't work because I had these numbers and I was like, ah, this isn't going to work. But then I like flipped the script and made it into a different situation that could work for everyone in a really cool way. So that's a whole different story. But so... We're, so how you'd get there is you have to increase the revenue, basically. Well, there's two there's two sides you can attack it from. And we've basically like exhausted our resources on the one side. And the one side is cut everything you possibly can. We cut the staff. Sorry, guys. We cut the costs. We, um, dude, oh my gosh. If you saw what I did to get this business in shape this year, it's, I don't know how no, much I I I'm showing you actually. This cash flow <laughs> calculator I have. Oh my gosh. <laughs> You've been I'm kind of hustling. impressed. With, I'm like too impressed with myself. Yeah, this, no, I mean, I've known you for a few years now, Rich, and I've seen a difference. I feel like this, don't take this the wrong way, but it, I feel like this year you've gotten serious about your business. You've heard me say, it's the year of storied. I have heard you say that. And uh, and I mean that. Yeah, I found something the other day. By the way, I didn't. I was going to text it to you. I didn't. Because when you started story, you didn't even have a business plan. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I still don't have a which, business plan. Which you've you know confessed here. Dirty to, little secret. <laughs> yeah. Um, You're looking something up right I'm now. Try, yeah, yeah. <laughs> trying to show you something. Uh, if I can't find it real quick, then I'll just I'll just. But I mean, abort this mission. It is but. it is the year of story because already you have transformed 
your business. And like, I, I feel like the fact that you're talking numbers and like getting consulting and driving to get new espresso machines <laughs> and doing all these yeah. and starting this podcast. I mean, honestly, I didn't even think we would start this podcast because of just how I, I just didn't think it would wow. be possible. I really, I mean, <laughs> not that I, you didn't think I'd you, get my act together. Well, I no, just thought that like, it's like my business, like my business, unfortunately, sometimes always takes precedence over precedence over like things in my life and not to get like, like super personal, but like, you know, that can weed into like your relationships and your family and your friends. And like we talked about last week, how my best friend Amy wants to go to Ireland for her birthday. And like, I can't break away from my business. And if it's gotten to the point where like my passport's expired and I don't have the mental capacity to pursue renewing that in like, how many times are we with like our loved ones and we get a text and like you're like face to face with someone, but they're on their phone. So true. <laughs> I know it happens, happens all the time. <laughs> Rich is literally on his phone. Right. Sergey right, was like, I'm I just know, kidding. I'm but I mean that I'm now. actually pointing the finger at myself because that, that happens often where like you're eating dinner and your phones are in front of you and like you you hear that buzz and you're like, oh, I just got to like respond to this person real quick. And that oftentimes is a reality when you have your own business. And I'm sure like my point is you, you it's very clear that you've gotten your act together this year. Well, I've had a little help from my friends. <laughs> Aww. <laughs> When, wait, so. Physical why, copy wait, with handwritten notes. <laughs> why are you showing me this? And, for fun. And what are you showing me? That's, that's the page. That's, that's the page that kicked it off, dude. Stop it. This is what made it all happen right here. No, it's not. All right. So I was, I was upstairs in my house and I was looking through some boxes and I found this <clears throat> clipboard that um, you can we can trace back to the origin of me and Maggie actually becoming friends and having this podcast. Mm -hmm. Here's what it says at the top. Ideas to help get storied out of the hole. <laughs> we have, we've talked about this before, we but have. here's the actual thing. Um, you, this is like a list of like six different things. And then I was like, I am grateful for that. And then we talked through it. <laughs> we like met to talk about it. It says handwritten notes on it. Let me see it again. Wow. Um, but anyway, I thought of that because you had said just how far things have come. I mean, this was last year, right? Wasn't this last summer? It was last summer. Wrong? It was last summer. This was a year ago. So like we were deep in a hole. This is before Abby bought in. This was like me and Christine over at I your house. I was worried about storied. Complaining, not complaining, but just like decrying mm -hmm. the, the situation. And the situation was, I didn't know any of these target number things. I didn't know you know, how to have like, how to generate. I didn't know the stuff I have learned in the last year and I didn't know my cash flow. And you have to know, like, you got to know your cash flow and you got to know what you're spending and why and when. And so, mm. I don't know. 
Yeah. I don't know. You know, what we're talking about is how to get yourself into a spot where as an owner, you can not be burnt out and have more room. And I think what I'm kind of taking away from this consulting thing that I'm going through is like, you have to know your numbers. Mike likes to say, if we don't know our numbers, we don't own our business. No, if we don't own our numbers. If you don't own your numbers, you don't own your business. So if you don't know your numbers, then you don't, you can't. You can't know what's going on, right? So you got to know. And I mean, this sucks because it's like a process, but you literally have to know what you're paying to the pennies for like a cup, a plastic cup or a paper cup or a lid or the espresso that's going in the Mm -hmm. drink. And you got to know what milk costs per gram or ounce, Mm -hmm. depending on how you do it. You got to know what your syrup costs if you're making your own syrup or if you're buying it. Etc. Like you, and if you're doing a salmon sandwich, you got to know how much the salmon out. actually costs. Well, I mean, I don't know. Your business is a little different. It's just you. I know it. I know it is just me. But uh, I mean, you should. I'm not saying like you shouldn't know these things. But but if you're like, if you're dealing if with employees, if we're being real and unfiltered, uh-oh. I don't. You heard it here first. <laughs> I don't. I just I'm too busy to See? to yeah, worry exactly about it. it. That's exactly. It. I'm you too know? busy and. How many people feel that, dude? Raise your hand out there. Yep, me. <laughs> if, you, if you felt that one. Um, that's okay. I think that's okay. But here, but we're, what we What is think, one, okay. What's a mm-hmm. takeaway for our, our, our listeners? Let me say one what's more thing. What's a good, okay. But and then we can I want to give them takeaway. a takeaway. Because like, this is daunting, right? This took you a year. Well. To get to the place where you're at now, where this is the year of storied. I mean, a year ago, you were in a very different place. I was, but actually, let me see if I can make people feel better because okay. it didn't actually take me a year to get there. This, okay. It's been a year since we started having gnarly con. Actually, it hasn't even been a year. That was like midsummer. It's close. It's about a year. We're going on about a year, I think, since I was having conversations like that. But Abby bought in in August, early 20. August. So post your yep. list of stuff, right? Of last year, 22. Yes. So Abby bought it in August. That was cool. We got rid of some loans at that time as a result. That helped the cash flow. So the cash flow has started to be a little bit more like day to day since then. We have had some other things. See, we had some other things come into play that like we couldn't have predicted or planned for. And those came in in the last month or so. So the cash flow like cushion got a little nicer. Um, yeah, but you made that happen. In the last like three months that money started to roll. We got some money rolling in. A little bit of a windfall, if you will. But that doesn't mean I wouldn't have made the, gotten on top of these, no, tried to start getting on top of these numbers. So anyway, I've only been in this coaching class since like April or May. And so I guess what I'm trying to say is like the real progress has happened in a sh- kind of a short amount of time. It hasn't taken that long to get a sense of where we're truly at and where we kind of need to go. It's been like a four to six month process. So I guess I say that to say, yes, that can actually feel like a lot of time, four to six months now that I'm through it um, or I'm in it and it's been that long. Th- that That is a long time, but it doesn't have, it's not going to take a year. If you decide today that you want to start like to learn some things about the inner workings of your businesses, wow. If you want to start to learn some things about how your business is operating, if you want to start digging into your cost of goods, what your supplies are costing, what your food is costing, um, or for you, what your what your labor is costing. Like 
that's that can be some baby steps and it can be a process that you can give yourself just do a little bit this week. It can give a process it can be a process you give yourself like the next month to do. I've got some things going on in my other job that I'm like, I'm gonna give myself because I'm stepping in from where I'm stepping into it, I'm it's like a little bit of a three month process to get a hold of their numbers. Uh I'm doing that, but it's a, it's a slow roll because I have to physically go to the store and like compare these prices and do a bunch of different stuff. So I mean, that takes time and takes investment, and that's okay as long as you know that your business is sort of okay now. You know, to like the cash flows there, you can kind of ride the wave, and then while you're riding the wave, start to just just bring some some of these like smarter choices about how things are running into into the mix. I guess, so I'm just trying to say, it sounds daunting and it is a slog, but to start to get on top of your numbers, actually just just to start is actually pretty easy. And um, there's no time like the present. <laughs> <laughs> and it probably, you probably get more done in less time than you are thinking. It's a. It feels like a big project, but what's a practical thing that somebody can do? Like use a spreadsheet, use an app, um, use. It depends what your goal is. So you, you, I would say define a goal first. <clears throat> for me, and and Mike talks about this too. He's like, you got to define what success means for you. For some people, that means mm-hmm. profitability. Okay. For some people, that means like a paycheck. For some people, that means just like less work to do. Okay. So it kind of, you got to define a goal for yourself and then, then you can kind of figure out, okay, what steps is it going to take for me to move toward that goal? Um, so for me, let's say it is profitability. Let's, let's say it's, I can have a 10% portion of that revenue going into a savings account each time. So now I got to figure out, okay, how do I get a hold of the whole equation? Cause I told you there's five different categories. They all got to balance out with your revenue. Um, so, so I have to ask myself, what are my operating expenses? And take an inventory of those things and kind of go through, maybe go through, here's a practical step, go through your last month's bank statement and say, okay, what did I spend on at this store? What did I spend at this store? And just figure out like categorizing your your expenses um, into different buckets. Operating expenses, okay, cost of goods, cost of goods over here, labor costs, et cetera. And you, and you can figure out what are those, what are those totals? relative to your revenue. So that's hmm. like one, that's kind of where I'm at, for instance. That's yeah. kind of the practical project I've been doing with Storied and now I'm doing with another business. And it's something I never did for five years. So that's why hmm. well, I started doing that in the last two months. Wow. And now things are like, okay, we're getting a sense. And this is why I'm talking about, you know, can Abby get it for not for, can she get $900 out of our business a week for, um, as a labor cost, can that be a portion of thirty percent of our revenue? And and this this is why I'm asking that because I want her to be able to have that pay, right? Um, because it costs the business that much to pay someone. But if you do the math on our revenue, not to tell people all our numbers, but I mean I don't really care. But I've told you they're small, <laughs> right? To do the math on that, we 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 did, and basically what it amounts to is that there's like four hours a day left to have a second person in the shop or sometimes less, less than four hours a a day extra. So it's kind of like we can employ Abby for 60 hours a week, Mm -hmm. but then at our revenue 
cap currently, we can only have like four more staffed hours per day, which isn't much. And we're kind of doing that right now. It's kind of like yeah. what story it is. We fudged a little bit on the on the weekends because um, there's more we're busier on weekends and we're a little so. But now, okay, here's the thing: thirty percent, right? So that simply means that we're running more like thirty to thirty five percent, maybe even thirty five to forty percent. Just means our labor percentage is higher. But if the rest of your equation balances, where our rent is below the cap for what it should be, right? Our percentage of what we pay in rent is and and utilities, it's is lower. So that just means that it balances out in that way. We're paying less in another category and not that we should, but that allows us to pay more in the in the um, labor, for instance. Right. And if that works out, if you're paying less somewhere else, then it doesn't have to come out of the profit. But anytime that you're operating above that sort of percentage, then, you're, then that profit yeah, is some your profit. arguably going to dip unless you're protecting that with your life. Like, <laughs> I don't care what happens, I'm paying... Put 10% of this account. <laughs> um, so yeah, those are the ways to do it. Maybe 10% profit is too high of a like a starting point. Maybe make it five. I don't know. The point is just to like start somewhere and start yeah. balancing your business relative to your revenue according to percentages that are appropriate for your industry. If it's meant to be, it's up to me. Dang, dude. I think you're so right. Yeah. Well, so yeah, I, I don't know. I mean- it's, do you see how it all goes together? Yeah, I so do. So like the 25-hour work week, the whole situation, like that's something you start talking about when you have a lot of revenue as a business. It's not going to be for Abby mm-hmm. <laughs> when she's the owner of this business and I'm also not physically present. But even if I was physically present and she was working less, it would still cost the same. I think that's a good point to sort of conclude on is like, you make a really good point of like this, the 25 hour work week is something to maybe like a goal to attain after several years of the business. Obviously, if you're first starting out in a business, you might not get traction very quickly if you're only dedicating 25 hours a week to right. your creative pursuit or your your business. Um I think you and I are both at the point, you especially, are at the point where we can think about a 25-hour work week by using that D word, delegate. But when someone's first starting out, like you were five years ago, like I was many years ago, you got to hustle a little bit. You got to get to that point. Yeah, that's good. That's good. I'm glad you said something. I'm glad you mentioned that at the end because it's important for people who are just starting out to make that distinction. Yeah. I this is I th- and we've ta- I think we've talked about that like because we've told our stories. We have hustled. I'm still hustling. Right. <laughs> when Same. I tell you what I'm doing now, which I will do soon because I, we haven't like made it f- super official, but yeah. it's like I'm I'm in the role, I'm doing what I'm doing. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, I'm in the role. <clears throat> in the role, doing what I'm doing. Uh, I kind of know my job. I'm I'm taking it on, but like until we sign on some dotted lines, I just I'm being a little bit like because any because anything can happen. Anything can happen. Of Still so new. Of course. But once I tell you what I'm doing right now, you're gonna be like, this is not less hustle. You're not about to work less than 25 hours. Know. A, you know, I you're know. not about to be working five hours a day. I'm about to be working 
more. I know. <laughs> I had to convince, well, I didn't convince, but I had to get Abby's permission. I had to get my wife's permission mm-hmm. and I had to make sure it was going to work for like mm-hmm. everything, what I'm doing. So just, just wait until you hear what my nonsense goes through my mind because the hustle is still very real for me. <laughs> it's always going to be there. Yeah, it has to be. It has to be. I don't want to yeah. be some, uh, I don't know, CEO yeah. out here just with like, a cushy job, right? You got to stay right. close. Right. <laughs> Nose to the grindstone. Oh, man. I'll be moving furniture until I can't move anymore. Yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe not. Maybe I'll find something else that I'm passionate about, but. I like this one. This was like, this is some really practical yeah. stuff that for me, this is the kind of stuff I like to process and think about when it comes to business because this is the stuff I'm actually doing right now. And it's stuff I wish I would have known five years ago, right? And it's stuff I wouldn't have been able to do. Well, I mean, five before I started, maybe I would have been able to do something if I had known about it. But like once I got started, I wouldn't have been able to do much about this. Um, but that's okay. Maybe next time we can talk about eighty-five percent. Oh yeah, because I think well, that's a little bit top, more like yeah, that's a little bit more like burnout culture, yeah, kind of stuff. Which is again ongoing conversation. So I'm happy to talk more about that. And to oh to wrap all this up, too that that all of this was in the context of how do we avoid burnout in our culture? Right. I right. think it ultimately comes down to not trying to set some arbitrary number of, oh, you can only work 25 hours a week, but rather look. We, it comes down to learning to look at our businesses in a way that we can figure out, okay, how can I make this thing sustainable to where everything is balanced, everything's in, in balance with, its, with like itself and relative to the actual reality of my business and, and it's sustainable long-term. And that's how burnout, I think, like f- we mm-hmm. we avoid it because we know what to, things are more um, predictable. Predictable. Yeah. So that's that for today. Yeah, that was Thanks that for was a in. lot of a lot of information to process. Yeah, you know. Well, I'm happy we uh, happy we did. All right. Yeah, well, same. catch you. I guess flip. that's it. <laughs> I'd say that's so. it for today. Don't forget to follow us on our Instagram at House Coffee Podcast yeah. and. You can submit a question or feedback or visit us at housecoffeepodcast.com. Please rate and review us. We would love to hear your feedback and send us your comments and questions. You can also email us at housecoffeepodcast at gmail.com. And uh, I think that's that's all the spots. But just you know where to find connect us. with us. We want to connect with you. So true. All right. Bye-bye. Later. Later.